Episode of Simply Unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Join me tonight. We got Lex. Hi. How are you today, Lex? I'm doing good. How are you? Um, I'm doing better than I was yesterday. Yesterday was kind of just a rough day hmm. uh, all around, just for, <clears throat> for me, Rob, everybody. It just it was just one bad luck turn after another, mm-hmm. and uh, nothing seemed to just go our way. Uh, so it was so much so that I decided to call it quits and try to end my day. And I went to bed probably around 8, 8.30 last night mm-hmm. just to end the day. Oh, man. Uh, and then I ended up only sleeping for about an hour and a half. And that's all oh, the sleep boy. I've gotten. Well, you sound I don't, you, know, you sound more awake f- than you should, to be I, honest. I feel like I've hit that, like, that second wind uh-huh. Like I I I've been up to the point where it's like okay, now I'm now I'm re-energized, but mm-hmm. I I think I'm I'm probably going to try to squeeze in a nap after this recording. So All right. That's a good plan. Yeah, we'll see. But I have you on this week for a very special episode. You're you're like uh the resident expert on this uh as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um also I don't know about you, but for some reason, my Discord now just shows the first letters of everybody's names. Oh, that's because you're in, you're in streamer mode because you have oh. a recording software open. Okay, it just yeah. threw me off. Yeah, once you exit streamer mode, it'll go back to normal. Okay. Uh, so today we're this week we're going to be talking about roller derby. Yeah. And for the listeners out there, I say that you're the resident expert. You're the only person I know who does roller derby. As far as I know, aside from the team, I think I'm the only one of my friends who also knows about roller derby. Yeah. So this is going to be, I I did a little bit of reading. um, And I I have the Wikipedia pulled up in case I need to reference some things. All right. Uh, But yeah, I'm going to have probably lots of questions and you're pretty much going to have to teach me some stuff here. Um, But, and if you hear laughter in the background, that's Rob. Uh, He is currently streaming. Uh, He streams on Thursdays with B. Um, So he he can get kind of uh, rambunctious. When he streams. Ah. Um, So I'm going to start off real quick with saying that, according to the Wikipedia anyway, the first actual played roller derby match was in 1935 in Chicago. Yeah, so... Uh, from my limited historical knowledge of roller derby, roller derby kind of started as like a kind of like a football halftime entertainment sport um, where it was just very much um, kind of a show of like silliness and like being rowdy. And I don't even think they wore helmets at the start of it. Um, and it's evolved throughout the years to be an actual professional sport. <laughs> okay. Now, I know that they have a track, and is it just a race? Like, how how, how do you score points? Like, is there a, like, does does one team have, like, a ball that they have to try to control? Or is it just literally just a race? So, it's definitely a points game. Um, So, the track that we use in roller derby, there are two different kinds. There's a banked track, which is the ones that are on that angle that you might have seen in, like, Whip It!, um, and right. in the 30s, they used bank tracks. Um, there's also flat track roller derby, which is the kind of roller derby that I'm a part of. And that's a um, more common one nowadays? In, generally, in my yeah. 
um, because it's cheaper <laughs> to have a flat track because you can literally bring a track wherever you want with you. You just have to draw it on the ground. Um, versus bank track, you need to actually store that somewhere and only go to that place, and it's just way more expensive. Right. Um, how the game is actually played is you have two teams of five skaters. You have three blockers, a jammer, and a pivot. The jammer is the only person who can score points, um, and they do that by breaking through the pack of the other team's blockers and your team's blockers. They're not blocking you, but sometimes things get a little goofy <laughs> because there's so many people on the track. So the jammer has to break through, and that's their initial pass once they get through. They can only score points on their second pass, um, so they'll break out of the pack, and then on their second lap, that's when they can start earning points for every opposing skater that they pass. Okay. Um, just the blockers and the pivot, though. So four, you generally get four points if you make it all the way through them. Um, both jammers can score, but the first jammer to make it through becomes the lead jammer. And they're kind of important because they're the only ones who can end the jam um, and stop the other team from scoring points if it comes to that, essentially. Okay. So essentially these jammers are just trying to skate fast enough to to essentially like lap the opponent team. Yep. Pretty so, much. You're... And then every 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 defense or pivot that they pass individually, blocker. they get a point per. Yes, they get a point per blocker and pivot that they pass. The pivot acts like a blocker, uh, but they do have a special role. And it's if you are a jammer and you can't get through the pack for whatever reason, and you can take off your star, which is what denotes you as the jammer. It's a helmet cover. You can take that off, and you can give it to your pivot. And if you successfully give it to them, they become the new jammer, and you become the the blocker. So then you have four blockers instead of a pivot. Okay, that was going to be one of my next questions. I read something about a star. That's yeah. why, for some reason, I thought like I thought this was kind of like. Um like football on skates. Like I thought there was an actual like <laughs> item that they had to hold on to and like skate around and not lose it. No, no, but you do have um, two people with helmet covers. So your jammer is denoted by a star on their helmet and your pivot is denoted with a stripe going down the middle. Um, only the pivot can take the jammer star if it's handed to them. Um, blockers can't take it. Um, so it's only the pivot is your option. So typically a team will run a pivot that can also be a jammer um, just as a skill set because it takes different skills to be a jammer than it does to be a blocker. But it's still still good to know all of the skills. Right. Okay. So how long is... Okay, so you're going to have to break this down for me, too, yep, because I'll, I know I'll I'm going to get down. this wrong, but I, I was reading how, like, there's the overall game, mm -hmm. like, uh, like, and the game is broken down into different sections as well, like periods yes. or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but so, I knew that they had, like, one of them's called jams or something. Yeah. So, basically, the way that the game is structured is you have two half-hour halves. Um, so those halves are called periods, and okay. then within a period, you have jams, and jams are a maximum of two minutes each, and they basically go to the two minutes, or if the lead jammer calls it off. So let's say, um, let's say I'm the lead jammer, and I get through the pack, I make it around my second time, and I get through and I get my four points. But as I get through, I see that the other team's jammers also trying to score points. Maybe they've already passed one person. I can call it off because I'm the lead jammer, and I can es essentially get four points while they only get one. So I stop them from getting points, and I stop it early so that it maybe doesn't last the full two minutes. Gotcha. Or you could, if, you, if you're fast enough, you could risk it and try to go around again uh -huh. and get even more points. Exactly. So, like, if you okay. kind of get a little bit lucky and the you make it past your second time around and the first jammer's having a really hard time getting out, or maybe they got out a little bit late and, like, you still have time before they can make it around the track again, um, you can go around as many times as you want. Um, a lot of the times the people at the bench will tell you to call it off early if it's getting a little close, but only the, the lead jammer can decide if they want to call it off or not. Okay. Now, the two... 
the two half hour periods, mm-hmm. like the entire hour long thing, is that the bout? Yeah. Okay. So they're called bouts or games. Okay. Uh, so a game a game doesn't go longer than an hour usually. Uh, typically there's like also like a halftime and there's like a post game that like a lot of teams will do like awards. Okay. Um, but it's basically about an hour of play. All right. Um, now I have a question going back to the blockers. Yes. Now I know I've, I've, I know I've joked with you a bunch about, you know, if, if I was playing Derby, I'd just like just ram into people, things like that, (laughs) which I know is illegal. Um, now as a, what is legal in, in roller derby? Like if you are a blocker, what are you legally allowed to do to hinder the people? If you're a jammer, what are you legally allowed to do to get past them? Mm -hmm. Like explain some of those intricacies to me. Yeah. So first and foremost, you are allowed to push people and, and hit people. Like that's, that's definitely a big part of the game. The thing about the rules is that you have to make content to t- contact to legal zones. So your legal zones, let me actually pull it up so I don't actually um, say something wrong. Uh, contact. Okay. Um, there we go. So your legal contact zones are basically the front of your body. Um, so your shoulders and down. So like your chest, um, the arms, and the tops of the thighs. Okay. Those are legal target zones. Um, the back, the head, and below the knees are not legal contact zones because somebody can get really hurt if you hit those areas. Right. Um, so, so long as, uh, and then also convexly, um, you're only allowed to block with certain parts of your body too. So while you're allowed to hit the arms and you're allowed to hit the chest, you're only allowed to block with your upper arms, your chest, your torso, your hips, your butt. You can't block with your legs and you can't block with your forearms. So it's kind of like soccer where you can't use your hands. Okay, um, but I can, use, I can use my torso and my shoulders. Yes, you can, like, chest check somebody in a legal zone. You can hit somebody with your hips or your butt. Um, we've... <laughs> there's there's a lot of ways to hit people in roller derby. So... Are you allowed to hold on to people? Uh... You... In only in certain instances, you can't hold on to your the opposing team, so you can't grab onto them. But you can grab onto your team. But there is an exception to this rule. So, and I only learned this the other day because I'm not very good with the rules. But um, there is a penalty that's called a multiplayer block, and that's if you form an impenetrable wall um, that a jammer cannot get through. Now you're supposed to block; that's part of the rules. But you can't use your arms essentially to block. So. So you can't link arms to make, like, a wall. Exactly. So you can't link your arms. If a jammer tries to get through and, like, you're using your arms to, like, be a brace or something, um, if the jammer touches your arm, you have to drop it just because it's dangerous. um, Because nobody wants a broken arm. (laughs) Right. So, uh, basically, if you're blocking with, like, your shoulders, your hips, um, that's all fair game. You just can't use your arms to grab onto your teammates to form a blocking unit. Okay. Now, <laughs> this this is going to sound ridiculous, I'm sure. Now, it might not. if I was a blocker, uh-huh. Okay, and let's say oh, I don't know. Let's let's say person A was a jammer. Mhm. And they came up, and, and they were coming up fast behind me, and I saw it. Uh-huh. Could I use my shoulder and kind of bend down and flip them over? Well, I don't know how you would do that. They would probably rule that as, like, a misconduct. Kind of like um, using your shoulder and putting it into, like, their their stomach area and then just lifting them up so they go up and over you onto their butt. Uh, so you can block that way. I don't know if, if they would wind up flipping over. 
I mean, that's a te- that's technically a legal zone. I'm not a ref, so I can't give you like a, a genuine answer. But I mean, basically, the the one thing about roller derby, even though you are hitting people and you're pushing them over and like you're you're doing what you can to block, um, safety is like super important. So if right. you do anything that's gonna like purposefully hurt somebody like that, they probably will give you a penalty or an expulsion for it. But what you can do is, let's say you're um, you're one of the blockers, and you see that the jammer's coming up on your side, and you have another blocking buddy in front of you. You can push your blocking buddy into the jammer. You can 100% do that. That is totally legal. Um, you can use... You can push your teammates and move them around in ways that you are not allowed to block the other team. Okay. So you can't grab and push the other team's jammer, but you can grab and push your team's blocker. The rules don't apply to your teammates. Right. Okay. So I'm going to put a GIF in the chat that we're in right now. <laughs> okay. And ob- So not not the part where he kicks the guy in the face, because that's obviously not going to be allowed. <laughs> yeah. But the first part here, uh, right, like right there, without using the arms, you can't do something like that. Yeah, no, they would absolutely get you on a misconduct or oh, okay. a legal position or something. All right. Um, now, I haven't roller... It's been years and years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might even say, like, decades since, uh-huh. since I've been on roller blades. And I know you guys use roller skates or, or yep. in derby matches. Um how hard is it when you're skating to essentially put the brakes on? Like, Yep. So there are tons of different ways that you can stop. Um, and they actually teach you a bunch of different ones when you do like your training for, for boot camp. Um, there's a plow stop, which is the one that you use the most, which is kind of like, imagine your feet are like in a, in a V, and then you turn them to become an A. Okay. So that's like a plow stop. That's pretty useful. Um, if you need to stop on a dime, there is a stop that you can do, um, that's basically a turnaround toe stop. So you transition, if you're skating forward, you transition to skate backwards and then just drop your toe stops. Um, and you can also stop, or, you can stop block, but you, there's, there's an asterisk on that one. Okay. So, because this, this, this is where it's going to lead, I was leading into a question about stopping again. <laughs> uh, so... The stop block, you're skating forward, you just take your skate and you just kind of, like, put it in a T in front or behind you. Um, so you just kind of, like, chop your foot down so you stop. You can do that, but um, a stop block is a form of, I think, a legal position. Um, you can't just stop to block somebody that, like, you can't skate forward and then just immediately stop to stop the person who's skating behind you because that's dangerous. Okay, so that kind of answers my question. I was going to say, if I was a blocker, if I knew somebody was coming up behind me, could I, like, pivot around so I'm now skating backwards and slow right down and just pretty much belly bump them? Or yeah, you bump can them? do that. So long as you're still moving in the direction of the track, that's totally legal. So you can basically chest, chest bump them to slow them down. That's legal. You just can't full-on stop while they're pushing against you because even if you're blocking and even if you're plowing to slow them down you're still moving forward they're still pushing on you um and like i mean if they kind of back off you you can stop a little bit but you can't skate backwards um in the opposite direction of the track to stop somebody right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i i feel like if if i was extremely good at skating Mm-hmm. I feel like I am the type of person with like I, I'm a very big guy. I have a very low center of gravity, and if I had the skating skills, I think I'd be good at derby. You could be, and honestly, like that is completely a valid way to play derby is to just be that rock there that nobody can get around, and just knowing where to put your put your body so that you are blocking them at all costs. Um, that's kind of one of the things that I also really, really love about Derby, that it is super size inclusive. Um, we have 
all different shapes, heights, sizes of people on our team, and they all just do so good. And it's just all about working kind of with what you got because everybody yeah. is useful in Derby, no matter what you look like. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I, I could picture like a Derby team consistent you know of, of of bigger people being your blockers mm -hmm. and like the really agile agile people being like your jammer and your pivot yeah. but I, I could also see a really big person being a good jammer if they're if they have the exactly skills yeah you know and because because a lot of the time like we have we have a skater on our team that everyone is so scared when they jam against her because she is like a wrecking ball when she goes right through she'll just pick up speed and plow right through the other team to the point where sometimes they just kind of get scared and just back off and let her go because mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't want to get hurt yeah but yeah and she she's an amazing blocker and she's an amazing jammer um now, okay, so I'm going to give you two terms. I'm going to see if you know what they are. Okay. Trip. Uh, like when you're when you stick your foot out and trip someone. No. Oh, trip. Um. So. Okay, so there are a couple of things that trip could be. So if you are like, um, a trip could be how many laps you take around. Yeah. In uh, to score points, it could also be a trip to the penalty box. <laughs> okay, that's another good question. I didn't realize that Derby had a penalty box. Yeah, so like hockey, um, like hockey. So um, the penalty box, you there's tons of different ways you can get penalties. I've, I've mentioned a couple of them. There's misconduct. There's direction if you're skating in the wrong direction um, or moving backwards. Um, illegal position, um, you can get a penalty for um, cutting the track because there's guidelines. So if somebody pushes you out of bounds and you get back in bounds in front of the person who pushed you out, that's a cut. Um, there's lots of different things that you can do. Um, also for hurting people and like high blocks if you hit somebody in the head. Um, you Penalties work by, um, you'll be assessed a penalty, you have to skate off the track and go to the penalty box. Um, each penalty is 30 seconds, and then you're back in the game. If you are in the penalty box and they drop the, they call the jam dead, um, you stay in the penalty box for your your time pauses until the next jam, and then you get released once your time is up. You can serve multiple penalties. Um, in the game that we just had on Sunday, somebody got served two penalties at once, one for... Um, like I, th I forget what it's called, but it's like insubordination, where basically they refuse to leave because of their penalty, and then whatever penalty they got originally, like a forearm or something. So they had to serve a whole minute before they were allowed to leave the penalty box. Now, are the penalty boxes different for each team, or is it like a shared penalty box? It's a shared penalty box. Um, <laughs> so there's basically six chairs. You can only have two blockers and a jammer in the penalty box at a time for each team. Um, if you have a fourth person or a third blocker who comes out and needs to sit in the chair, they actually have to go back to the track until one of the chairs is empty because you need a certain amount of people to play. You have a roller derby. Okay. Now I know you said it's a, a team is is five skaters, but like there mm -hmm. are are there more people to a team? Like I, I was reading most yeah. commonly there's there's fifteen players or so to a team. Yep. But a a a, a bout or whatever or a a. A, a jam. A jam is only five players. Now, if one can, can you like, can one get taken out of the match, and then another one get put in mid jam or no? Not mid jam. So it has to happen between jams. Okay. Um, so after the jam, there will be a thirty second setup time, and that's when new skaters come out. The bench coaches will have like lineups where they say like, oh, skaters, like let's say one, two, three, four, and five come out. And then the next, while that jam is happening, they're tagging other skaters who are going to go into the next one. Um, so you have enough people to cycle out just so that people don't get tired. Because <laughs> when people get tired, they get injured. So, okay, my next question. <laughs> God, full of questions right now. There's so many questions. So in hockey, mm -hmm. it's, it's not an official position, I guess. But there is usually somebody on the team that's considered the goon, okay? And they're mm -hmm. they're the people who go out there and they purposely cause trouble, 
You know, they're probably the first one and most common one to be put in the penalty box. Uh-huh. Uh, do roller derbies, do, do teams have those types of people on there? Or is everybody just like, is everybody pretty good natured as far as, uh, as far as, as the far competitions as, like, and stuff? Yeah. Um, there's nobody who's, at least on our team, nobody who's like designated the goon only because you can only get seven penalties before you get thrown out of the game. Um, on your seventh, you get thrown out. So nobody really wants to get that many penalties. However, uh, it's a very penalty heavy game. So some people get really close and not even on purpose. Okay, because like I just see myself being the type of person I'd get a penalty, I'd go to the penalty box. If the opposing team got you know had somebody come in there with me, I might talk a lot of trash to them, and then like purposely like start shoving them and get pe- yeah. I'm sure get penalized again. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. Um, so the penalty box. So there's a lot of staffed positions that aren't skaters. Um, we have, in the penalty box, there are two penalty box timers who will keep track of who has what time and who can go back out in the game. And then you have the penalty box manager. The penalty box manager is allowed to assess penalties. Um, so if there is a very chatty player who um, doesn't, who won't listen to, you're not allowed to talk in the penalty box, um, they'll assess a penalty for misconduct. Um, they can also... Um, issue penalties if they come into the box too hot and they slide the chairs backwards and because it could injure somebody who's not on skates, they can get another penalty for that too. So it's very, very kind of um, n- what's what's the word for it? And not that it's like serious. It is serious, but there's it's a little bit no nonsense in the penalty box. Mm-hmm. I do have a funny story about the penalty box though. Okay. Um, and this is something that has it happened to. Um, somebody local uh, who's actually a ref now, um, and she's also a team coach for one of the New Jersey teams. Um, when she was playing roller derby, she had an issue where in the penalty box, um, some, she assumed that the penalty box timer said, okay, uh, skater stand and skater done, which are the commands to let the skaters know that their penalty is done and the penalty is served. So she left the track and, or she left the penalty box and she skated back to the track thinking that her penalty was done. Uh, she was called back to serve a second penalty for leaving the penalty box too early because the opposing skater, who was also in the penalty box from the other team, is the one who said, skater stand, skater done, and basically tricked oh. her into getting another penalty. So that's one of the reasons you're not allowed to talk in the penalty box. Oh, that's tricky. Yeah. So there's a lot of case studies um, that they're they're constantly adding rules to this game because it is relatively new. Um, where they're kind of still gaining traction, and there's there's new rule additions every year, like the whole stop block thing that was added this season. Um, but the there's case studies for specific rules as to why they even exist in the first place, and that's the case study for why it even happened. Yeah. Okay, so as far as referee... Okay, we were talking about non... Well... Like officials. Yeah, okay. So there's non-skating officials, and then there's the referees. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as each jam, or, or each game, uh, mm-hmm. I'm reading there are there's one head referee... Yes. And he is just responsible for just the general supervision? Uh, generally, yeah. Sometimes, usually, they'll have a second job, too. Um, like, the referees that I've usually worked with, who are the head refs, um, are typically inside pack refs. Um, you hope to have two inside pack refs, one in the front and one in the back, um, so they can kind of catch both sides of the pack, which is the group of skaters. Um, you okay. also have outside pack refs, where you generally want to have about three. Um, one in the front, one in the back, one in the middle. And then you have jam refs, who, those are the two refs that follow the jammers to figure out who scored what points. Okay, and there's one for each team on those? Yep. Okay, and the pack referees, they say up to, there's usually up to five. Uh, yep. And then there's Two the inside, three outside. Yep. Okay. So generally, you're going to have about seven refs. One of the refs is going to be the head ref. Okay. And as far as NSOs, 
There's non- a lot of us. Non-skating officials. Yeah. Um, it says typically the number of, there's two scorekeepers. Yep. Is that because one is keeping an eye on one of the jammer refs and then the other one's keeping an eye on the other jammer ref? Exactly. And they switch halfway through so that there's no bias. Okay. Uh, and then there's penalty trackers. There's usually one per minute, it says. I, I don't know what that means. Um, it depends. There's there's one penalty tracker, um, generally. Okay. Um, and they'll stand in the middle. Uh, is that where the penalty box is, is in the middle? Of the no, track? that's... Um, the penalty box is off on the side, but the penalty tracker stays in the middle so that they can hear what the referees are saying because they have to say uh, which... Skater got what penalty in what jam. So they have to get all that information out on paper. Okay. Oh, yeah. It says uh, penalty tracker uh, record each skater's penalties and notifies the head referee of skaters in the current jam who are in danger of fouling out. Yep. If somebody gets close to seven, they usually get a warning about five, six, or seven. um, And so that the head ref can get foul them out of the game. Okay. Uh, and then it says that there's usually one penalty box manager. Yep. They basically manage what's in the box, but they also time the jammer, the jammers who come into the penalty box. Okay. Uh, and then there's two penalty box timers. They time the blockers, and they also track um, how many penalties um, each skater has. A lot of the positions are kind of doubled up um, yeah. so that you can kind of cross-check um, I feel with like each other. I feel like there's just a lot going on all at once. So, yeah, you know, it can be overwhelming. To, yeah. Uh, and then there's the jam timer. Yep. They are the ones who stand out on the line. They um, count out 30 seconds between jam setups. They blow the whistle to start the jams. And if the jam goes to the full two minutes, they call off the jam. Okay, and then there's the lineup tracker. There's two of those. Yes, so the lineup trackers um, will watch during the 30-second lineup. They will jot down who's the jammer, who's the pivot, and who are the three blockers. And they will also keep track of star passes, which is another fun thing. Oh, that's when um, the jammer passes the star to the pivot. The pivot, yeah. Uh, and then there is one scoreboard operator. Yep, so they'll have the computer, usually it's a computer, um, with a scoreboard. They'll sit with the scorekeepers um, to confirm that all the scores are correct. Okay. Now, out of all these positions, Mm -hmm. which ones have you been, including the skating ones? Okay, so the skating ones, I didn't finish my boot camp because week three I broke my arm. Yeah. So uh, that was fun. Um, But... um, I did get to play within the first three weeks. We did get to play like very, very loose to the rules roller derby. And I did be both a jammer and a blocker, which were both a lot of fun. Uh, Though I think I was definitely more suited for blocking. Um, For the non-skating official, I'm actually my league's head NSO. So I um, I staff the games for NSOs. And I loop in all the refs and everything, which I'm very new to it. <laughs> this Sunday was my first time uh, head NSOing a game, and I head NSOed two games, which was really, really fun. Um, and of those NSO positions, because usually the head NSO will also have a role in addition, um, I've done penalty lineup tracking, which combines both lineup tracking and the penalty tracking if you don't have enough NSOs. I've done penalty box timing once and i've done jam timing most of the time most most of what i do is is jam timing because i jam time um all of the scrimmages and all the practice scrimmages as well okay now do you i i assume they they you they don't ever let members of teams or whatever be refs i I assume that the leagues have their own referees that have to travel around in the games so um one of the one of the things about uh, kind of derby starting to come back um, is that we actually need a lot of help. So especially because there's so many NSOs and so many refs that you need every single game, that sometimes it's hard to find all of those people. Um, 
the skaters of the teams, if they're not playing a game, are more than welcome to learn how to ref and learn how to NSO and participate in the games that way. Um, especially if they're not skating for whatever reason. Either they're just not rostered or maybe they're injured. Um, NSOs and refs are expected to have no bias, even if they are a part of the league. Um, they just can't show any favoritism. And if it gets noticed, they'll get pulled from the game. Right. But generally, everybody's pretty um, kind of like respectful. And they will follow the no bias rule. So we've had skaters who will ref um, our team's games because that's they just want to volunteer to do the refing, which is great because I mean they obviously know the rules. Um, we also have a lot of skaters who were parts of teams that, but for whatever reason, retired from skating and playing roller derby and instead have refed or NSO'd also, which is really cool because they get to stay involved, but they don't have to worry about the risk of injury as much. Right. Uh, now, do the referees have to be able to skate? <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, refs are, o- are only on skate, but um, you can refs can actually be on quad skates or they can be on rollerblades, whichever they prefer. Um, the roller derby players can only be on quads. Okay, and then the the NSOs don't have to skate at all, right? Correct. Yeah, you're on you're on sneakers. Yeah. So if I ever wanted to help out, I'd have to be an NSO of some fashion. <laughs> Unless you want to learn how to skate. Uh, but yeah, generally no. <laughs> generally an NSO. Uh, I, I will say uh, back in the time when I when I did rollerblade a little bit. So I would rollerblade up and down my road. Mm-hmm. And then I've been to a actual like skating rink. Yep. Um, twice. And we used to go ice skating. That's why I really thought, you know, I'd be an okay at, you know, roller <laughs> skating. Um, I was never really good at ice skating, though, too. Because I have I have two main problems when it comes to both ice skating and roller skating. Mm. So I can I can go in a straight line. And I, I, I can actually get up pretty good in speed. I can't turn. And, yeah. I, and I can't stop. Stopping is honestly an underrated skill. It is so hard to learn how to stop sometimes. Yeah. And it's definitely... What's funny is like all the skating tutorials, they'll teach you how to skate before they teach you how to stop. And I think they need to teach you how to stop first. Yeah, it's kind of a really needed thing. (laughs) Um, Because I remember I used to get laughed at by everybody when I went to the skating rink. Um... Because, you know, it would be me and a bunch of friends who, who convinced me to go. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they'd have, like, the, the wall barriers and stuff on the outside of the rink. Uh, and I would just skate, 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 and slam into the wall. And then I'd turn <laughs> around, and then I'd skate, skate, skate in a straight line and slam into the wall again. It's because that's the only way I could stop. Yeah. And I couldn't turn, so I didn't know how to go actually in a circle. Um so I just go in a straight line yeah. until I hit something, and then I just point myself in another straight line. <laughs> so uh, turning is definitely more like leaning. So you kind of have to lean left and right, and you rely on your skate's edges to do the turning for you. Um, when you kind of get a little bit more advanced, you can do crossovers, which basically you're pushing your back foot backwards. And then your front foot kind of crosses forward, which gives you momentum. It's also I I don't know how to do crossovers. I was not good at them. Um, but generally, if like you lean, you'll turn. Up. Yeah, I, I'm not. I would always trip. But yeah. um, leaning leaning is pretty much your your best bet. Um, also, if you want to learn how to skate, practice bubbles because bubbles are what actually help you turn, but they also help you stop. Because generally what a bubble is, if you kind of imagine it, you're, if you look at, down at your hands and you put them parallel, you'll kind of put your feet out in a V and like kind of spread them outwards and then turn them inwards to form like a circle and then put them back parallel again. So once you make that little circle, those are little bubbles. And that helps you, one, pick up speed. So if you're not used to kind of like doing left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, you could do bubbles to actually move. But you will then also learn how to pop stop as well. So okay. you can use it to pick up speed, but you can also use it to slow down. Okay. Um, so the next little question I have for you. Mm-hmm. 
It's going to be another visual aid for you. Okay. Because I, I love podcasts with visual aids. But here's, uh, off the Wikipedia, here's a picture of a, of a generalized derby trick. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, it looks to me like the very inside oval mm-hmm. is, is, you know, straight lines, symmetri- it's symmetrical. Mm-hmm. And then you get into like that light blue area, and it yep. doesn't look symmetrical to me. That's not. Now, why is that? So, if you kind of look at the lines at the bottom, so you see how like there's like those two orange lines? Yes. Those are your jam line, which is the one on the left, and your pivot line, which is the one on the right. Well, generally, if you're going counterclockwise. Okay. Um, which my team does. So, um, when you take that turn, that first turn at the bottom right, you are gaining momentum to go around turn two. But when you get that momentum, you kind of turn a little bit wider. So in order to compensate for turning a little bit wider, they kind of put the track on an angle that way so that you have extra space to pick up momentum and turn wider, especially if you're all turning wider as a big pack. And we measure that by offsetting the inside and outside circle by a foot in the left direction on both both sides. Okay. So it's mainly just to to compensate for the amount of people and all gaining momentum, gaining momentum so into the corners. Exactly. Okay. I just I, I looked at it. I was like, that doesn't look that that looks all sorts <laughs> of wonky to me. Um, yeah. Really, the the last question that I have, I guess I have two more questions. One of them, sure. one of them is going to sound odd, but roller derby is it mainly a women dominated sport now believe it or not no so there I, I are never see, i never see men's teams like every time i see yeah. roller derby referenced whether it's in a movie or a show or 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 an article in like the news or something it's always a woman's team yeah, so um, there are two organ- there are multiple organizations for roller derby. Uh, there's the WFTDA, which is the Women's Flash- Flat Track Roller Derby Association. But there's also MRDA, which is the Men's Roller Derby Association. So there are two, um, two different associations for men's and women's. And then there's the Junior Roller Derby Association, which I think some juniors teams are co-ed. Um, it depends on your local, your local league. Okay. Um, you also have co-ed roller derby, which I don't know if it actually falls into an association, but some of our um, our monthly scrimmages are co-ed, so you can come no matter what your gender is. Um, and I will still say that my team is a WIFTA team, so WFTDA, and the women's part of flat track roller derby, um, most of the teams are really gender-inclusive, so they kind of... They, they list it, I think, as, like, your gender has to more closely associate with a women's gender versus a man, man, man's gender. But generally, your individual team will allow whatever gender you are. Right. So, like, you can be trans and you can play. You can be non-binary, you can play. You can be gender fluid and you can play. Um, it's really, really generally inclusive, even though the association itself doesn't sound like it is because it seems very like, oh, no, women only. It's not. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, last question. Okay. Derby names. Yes. Okay, you sound really excited. Because <laughs> derby names are so much fun. Yeah, so I've been reading about derby names, and it, it says that, you know, most players and most in most leagues skate under some sort of a pseudonym. Mm-hmm. Um, now that could be either the player or the team or both, right? Because mm-hmm. players can have individual, you know, skater names, right? Yep. Um, and these are typically wordplay 
associated with like satirical or mock violent kind yeah. of things. Uh, so a few of the examples that they give on Wikipedia is the um, Oh Hell No Kitty instead of Hello, Hello Kitty. Uh-huh. Um, the Punky Bruiser instead of Punky Brewster. Mm-hmm. The uh, Princess Leia Flat instead of Princess Leia. Yep. Um, Smack Ops instead of Black Ops. Mm-hmm. Trauma Queen instead of Drama Queen. That's a good one. Um, so first, what is your team name? So my team or my league is Dirty Jersey Roller Derby. Um, but we have two teams. We have Purple Pain and we have the All-Stars. Okay, Purple Pain instead of Purple Rain, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, and is the All-Stars a, a mark just, off of something? No, it's just the All-Stars. The All-Stars. They're, they're our A team. Okay. Are, now, are you part of the Purple Pain? Uh, so I don't skate with the team. I'm just an NSO. So. Are you going to eventually get back into the skating? I don't know. I'm scared of breaking my oh. arm again. I, mean, I want to see it again, but I'm so scared. That, I mean, that's fair, but I mean, it's just like falling off a bike. Eventually, you, I know. Know, you gotta get back on. Gotta get back up and start. Otherwise, pushing you're people just, over. You're gonna be you're gonna be afraid of skating for the true. rest of your life. That's true. So, I, I got. I'll, I'll get back into it. I I know I will. Uh, now, At if, least if you did, would the purple paint? Would that be the group that you'd be skating with? with Most likely, there there are B team. So um, until like you kind of get more skilled and get better at the game, you you pretty much stay at B team. Though my team has grown so much, literally in the last couple of months, that we're actually thinking about doing a C team oh. and a D team. Wow. Yeah, so that we can do like inter inter team um, competition too. Yeah, if if for nothing else, for practice, you know, right? Exactly. Um, now, how big is your league? Like, how many teams are there in your league? Uh, so each each it's kind of a little confusing. So each team, um, each league ha- can have multiple teams, and some leagues are just that one team. Um, so my league is just one is two teams, um, but we're considering adding more. But generally, like. When we talk about, like, our team, we'll say, like, oh, we're Dirty Jersey Roller Derby, and that encompasses both of our teams. Or you'll have, like, Gotham Roller Derby, where they have multiple teams, but they are just Gotham Roller Derby as their league. So mostly you're kind of talking about the teams as their league, um, and, like, other other locals, too. Okay. Now, how... uh, Is there a term for, like all of the teams that you would have to go against. Like, uh, like the way I see it is like, okay, so like the NFL, you know, obviously it's like an AFC and NFC. Right. And then there's, you know, like the Patriots and the Jets and like, there's all those different teams. Um, like how do you know how many teams there are that you, that you guys would have to play against to progress to like a championship or, or whatever. So the cool thing is that there's new teams forming all the time. And the way that WIFTA kind of works is that there's rankings. So um, each team will be, have a ranking based on their performance. And every time you do a sanctioned bout, um, whatever the results are, will be reflected in your ranking within WIFTA. So you don't have to play against certain teams if you can't travel. You can just play against your local teams, and you'll just be you'll be ranked nationally, but you're only playing your local teams. Right. Okay, so it's kind of like the... Uh, I was part of a pool association, American Pool Association, mm-hmm. and it was kind of the same thing. We would just go around to the local bars mm-hmm. in, in like Manchester and play other pool association teams. And we didn't have to like travel really out of state or anything. Yep. And our individual rankings would go up based off of our, you know, win loss record against our mm-hmm. local the local teams and stuff. Yeah. So that's pretty much how it works here. And you can travel. Um, basically, the teams themselves or the leagues themselves are reaching out to other leagues and saying like, "Hey." Do you want to come to our rink and do you want to do a sanctioned game? And it's it's mostly communication between the leagues setting up our own games. Gotcha. 
because um, I was reading that there are approximately, and this is as per Wikipedia, so I don't know when this was last updated, uh, but there is approximately 1,250 amateur leagues worldwide, mostly mm-hmm. homed in the United States. Yeah, we have a lot of leagues, and a lot of them are very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's 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 one of the top ones that you can think of? Was The Gotham people were good, right? Gotham, Gotham are pretty up there. Uh, we've gone against them, and we had our asses completely handed to us, but I think we want to we go against them again and just get better and better every time. Yeah. Um, so Gotham's definitely up there as far as local teams go. Um, actually they, oh, and kind of also in like the same train of thought where we were talking about, um, playing against other skaters and setting up tournaments and stuff. Um, Gotham has a tournament coming up and my team is actually invited to play at it. So we're, we're going to be participating in Gotham's tournament. That's awesome. Yeah. At the end of the summer. Now, okay. What team have you seen one of the, 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 you know, the, purple pains or even mm-hmm. or even the other ones go against um what team has been like the most let's say brutal like has there like been, I... has there been a team that's just been like wow these guys are aggressive like hmm that's a good question um and i'm trying to base it off of penalties and i feel like our team gets the most penalties <laughs> Out of like uh, the uh, like a lot of the people that we we play against. So in Sunday's game, we went against uh, Enchanted Mountain Roller Derby, and I I swear they probably ended with like six penalties, and like our team got like I don't know twenty something at least. Well, Maybe it's probably less than that, but I have the paperwork. Your fa- team is my favorite team now. <laughs> we get a lot of penalties. Yeah. Um, it's, it's mostly like forearms and track cuts and, uh, some directionals, but, um, we, we just, we, we, we get caught breaking the rules sometimes. Not in a bad way. It's just, you kind of get caught up in like the heat of the game sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're, 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 the, the blood rises and that, that sense of competition <laughs> is out there and you just, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Now. Before we started recording, mm-hmm. uh, I had sent you a GIF. Yes. In a private DM of um, somebody. I, I My only way to describe this is somebody slingshotting their teammate. Yeah. Um, and you had mentioned that you don't think that's against the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, how often, like, do, do, does things like do things like that actually happen? Like, often, like, sometimes they do until rules get made about them that they become illegal to do. But kind of in the same train of thought. So um, that action is what's called a whip, and to basically how that's done is you either grab an article of clothing of your teammate and you can pull on it to pull yourself forward. You can grab your teammate's arm and they'll swing you forward to get you momentum to get around people and to get around the bend. Um, You can do a whip that is totally legal to do. Um, There are different ways to do it. Um, (laughs) The one that you showed me, though, where the person kind of went down to pull the person forward, I don't... I feel like that would catch the refs off guard and they might not know if it's safe or if it's fine. Um, it definitely gets the crowd very excited when stuff like that happens. Um, but the I think so long as that skater gets back up and doesn't become a tripping hazard, it tends to be okay. Okay. Because I was going to say, in, in that particular GIF, it does look like the uh, the skaters behind the people being whipped are going real slow. Yeah, they were probably blocking a different jammer, so the other, the person who was doing the whip was just getting them extra, extra distance right. to get around, um, to score more points. Huh. That just seems, yeah. like, I, I, I want to watch a match now. You should! I, I, I you... do. And, um, it, it, like... Honestly, if I could skate, I think this would be a sport that I'd really enjoy, but it does look yeah. very tiring. 
It, it can be, yeah, because you're you're skating for for a long amount of time with very little breaks in between. Right. So it can be exhausting, but it's also very rewarding. Yeah. Um, I'll have to either I'll have to come down and, yeah. and watch a bout, or I'll have to get, like. Do you guys ever like record them or anything? So um, my team hasn't yet, um, but I know that we are trying to put some stuff out on social media. Um, you can actually watch roller derby on Twitch. So um, there's like tons of like games and tournaments that are going on all like all throughout the year. Um, You can follow WFTDA on uh, Twitch and they'll air the different games that they have live. Um, They'll do different tournaments. They'll broadcast like like a schedule of what's coming up. And because uh, last year Derby was still very much following the uh, pandemic ruling. So um, the announcers were all like doing virtual uh, commentating. So it's, it's really cool to see it. Like you can't, you can't always just turn on your TV and watch game, but you can turn on Twitch and watch it, which is really cool and really accessible. They also put broadcasts on YouTube and other teams will do their own broadcasts on their own site. We just haven't set it up yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And another thing you could do is you can check out your local leagues um, by literally just Googling your town name and roller derby, somebody is bound to show up, even if it's nearby. Um, especially since roller derby is, like at the start of this year, has really started coming back strong. Teams have started doing their boot camps again. Some teams started it last year, um, but other teams are really starting it now, uh, which means that you're going to see a lot of games coming up this summer and this fall. So it's going to be a really exciting time to get back into roller derby. I don't know. If I find out there's roller derby teams in southern New Hampshire... I, you know, I'll go to their teams, but I'm I'm going to be holding giant signs that says, where's the purple pain? You know? That's fair. So, and then they're going to be like, what is purple pain? I'll be like, yeah, go down to Jersey and find out. <laughs> we have, we have a schedule too. I'll have to find it and we'll have to, we'll have to come up with a day that we can meet up and you can come watch some roller derby. Heck yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. It's a good time. Um, also... Because I didn't get to say this about the derby names. The skaters are not the only people who come up with derby names. Um, your officials and your non-skating officials and even your announcers all have derby names as well. So anybody can have a derby name if you kind of participate in derby. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't think there's... Uh, okay, there's going to be... I, I have a couple more terms I want to run by you and see if you know this. Yeah, this is just pop quizzing for you at this point. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the umbrella fact that these would these would fall under tactics. Okay. Okay. Walling up. Walling up is when your blockers and your pivot get together to form a wall to brace for the incoming jammer. Okay. Uh, goading. Um, I'm kind of picturing that as you're, like, faking out, either you're faking out the blockers or you're faking out the jammer, um, to kind of sneak past them and juke them. Okay, I will, I will read it because I have no idea. Uh, it says, going, the pack is defined as the largest group of inbounds blockers skating mm-hmm. in proximity containing members from both teams. In the goat herding tactic, one team surrounds a blocker of the opposing team and then slows so that group becomes the pack. The rest of the opposing team skating ahead are thus put out of play and cannot legally block the goat herder's jam. Interesting. That is an interesting tactic. Yeah, so your pack has to stay defined and there has to be somebody linking the packs or else your um, officials will call for no pack. Which means that you have to reform and get closer together because you have to be blocking within like a certain, I think it's 10 feet, 20 feet distance. Uh, if you start expanding past that, then it's one, hard to block. Two, it's you're, everybody's just going to skate right past. Right. Well, there you go. Okay, there's, there's, yeah, there's something for you to bring to the purple paint. Yeah. Uh, what about running back or recycling? So if you knock a skater out of bounds, you can hurriedly get all the way to the back of the pack 
so that they have to um wait what was the word you said they uh it's it's called running back or recycling okay there's two different i think i'm thinking of something else but the what i was explaining was if you knock a skater out of bounds you can run all the way back so that that skater has to get behind you and you're basically pushing them as far you're undoing all of their process basically but what recycling is is when um, the jammer gets past the blockers, you can quickly reform back in front of them so that they have to get past you again. Okay. So you, the, the action of reforming back around the jammer is what's a, a recycle. And then the last one underneath the tactics is bridging. So a bridge... So the way that the um, your team is going to be set up is you're going to, for the most part, have three blockers with their backs towards the jammer, and you're going to have one person in front that is um, usually... You'll see it a lot as the person who's bracing will put their arms out on the shoulders of the two block or two of the blocking skaters, and they'll say, like, oh, inside, outside, to tell the skaters, tell the blockers where the jammer is, so that they can effectively block. But a better tactic is actually for the blockers to put their arms on the brace's shoulders. Um, this way, the brace doesn't get a multiplayer block penalty. Okay. Well then. Man, there's just all sorts of stuff. There's here. so much stuff about Derby. It's just Whoa, so what's fun. An, what's an apex jump? An apex jump is so exciting! Okay, so... If you're looking it's in bold at the, letters. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so common, but it's so exciting every time they happen. Um, so if you're looking at the diagram of the track, um, sometimes what a, a good jammer will do is the they'll see a gap where the blockers aren't blocking. And you can't really block inside that turn. So the apex is the turns that are on the track, and specifically the inside turn. Um, what a jammer will sometimes do is they will jump over that curve and kind of cut through like that pink center area and so long as their skates touch down on the ground inside the track it is completely legal and it is so exciting to see every time okay yeah they can just jump the apex of the turn and they're still in bounds and they get past all the blockers oh all right yeah i mean it, it, it's all in bold and it's it's under the jammer tactics yeah it's um, they're really cool to see. Wow. All right. Uh well, is there anything else that you want to share with me about Derby or ask me about Derby? I don't know anything about Derby. <laughs> yeah. so I don't know why you would ask me anything about it, but I just want to say, first of all, thank you for letting me talk about roller derby because hey. I really love the sport and I think it's so cool. Even though I don't physically play, I'm I'm an on-skating official, but I just, it's so cool to be a part of roller derby. For as um, long as I can think of, I've always been a fan of roller derby. Mm -hmm. Like, just seeing it in movies or seeing yeah. it, you know, seeing it done on a TV show or something. Um, and it always just seemed like one of those sports that was so like, uh, what's the word? Like not, not in the spotlight. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, um, it's underrated. Yeah. So like it was one of those sports where it's like, you know, anybody can go and, you know, go down to Foxborough stadium and catch a football game or go down mm -hmm. to, you know, catch a baseball game. But like, no, I I never knew growing up. You know how how do I how do I watch derby games? Yeah, things like that. It but feels I've very underground. Been, yeah, if that's the word I was looking for. It's it's a, it seems like a very underground sport. Yeah. Um, but I've always been a big fan of it, and you know, even then, like growing up, it's always been pronounced. You know, it, it's it's always been shown as women playing these sports that's why mm -hmm. you know i thought it was mainly a woman's sport but i loved watching like the see that's why i asked like are you able to clothesline people things like that because you'd always <laughs> see like you'd always you see do. like the big people like run and just clothesline somebody down mm -hmm. and i loved it yeah um, and i will say if you like penalty heavy games the men's games do get very penalty heavy so you, yeah. you might enjoy that as well all right and I also want to say that if anybody listening wants to get into roller derby or they just have are just really curious about it, um, definitely Google your town name, your state name, and roller derby, and see what leagues are nearby to you. 
and see if they are welcoming new skaters. I mean, we're always looking for new skaters, um, especially as like it's kind of being revived. We we want new people to join. We want more people to know about this sport. And even if you're if you've never skated before, a lot of teams will teach you how to skate. I know my team did, um, and a lot of local teams will teach you how. Um, and get you up to speed so that you can actually start playing and be a part of the team. Yeah. And even if skating's not your thing, NSOs. we're always looking for officials. NSOs. Always. NSOs. Right yeah. There's there's so much that you can do to be a part of Derby. And it's so inclusive. You know, I, as a DM for Dungeons & Dragons... Mm-hmm. I am going to make this a part of the D and D world. I'm going to institute. Well, yeah. There's, there's going to start being, you know, derby tournaments and stuff that I'll have to come up with rule sets. I'll, I'll probably need to come to you and you can oh help God, me I figure out rule that. sets for it, like how to determine, you know, how a derby bout would go based off of rolls of dice and oh my gosh, things like that. So, That'd be so much fun. Heck yeah, I'm game. And yeah. I, I would actually love to sit down with you. In all honesty, I'd love to sit down with you and try to flesh that out um, before your guys' group makes it to Calais. Because, <gasps> yes! uh, I mean, that's the whole big thing with the, the, the festival that's happening up in there is uh, it, it's it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a huge trading hub and it's just games, games, games. Oh my gosh. Yes, so, I would love to do that. We'll have to get together and try to come up with some sort of uh, system for how roller derby could pan out in a D&D <laughs> uh, life. Oh so, my gosh. Yes, I'm down. Um, but thank you for coming on and, and talking derby yeah. with me. Um, it was exciting. I I got into it more than I, you know, more than I really <laughs> thought. Like like I said, I've been a fan of derby. I didn't know any of the rules. I just knew it was a bunch of people skating in circles, hitting each yep. other. Oh uh, yeah, it's it it gets into the weeds. Yeah. So, um, well, with that being said, uh, do you want to go ahead and and tell everybody where they can find you on the internet and and sure. if you want to promote. Uh, I, I know you've been streaming SSO uh, lately. Yes. If you want to promote yeah. <laughs> your stream, if you want to promote your derby um My derby stuff. people. Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm not doing derby things, I am streaming and doing YouTube videos. You can find me at Ursula's Revenge at Twitch and YouTube. And as far as my derby stuff, uh, they are on TikTok and Instagram at Dirty Jersey Roller Derby. So... Give them a follow and check out your local leagues. I'm serious. Go follow your local roller derby leagues and see what games they have because you got to support your local roller derby. I'm going to support your local roller derby. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. We but... appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, everybody, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jack's Forest Walker, all one word, on Twitch at DM Webby. Um, and we thank you for listening and tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We love you. Stay safe and fuck Booster Gold as always. <laughs> Bye. Now I'm just playing the intro music. Do you guys play music at the Derby matches? Oh yeah, it's it's a lot of alternative music. Like even during the match itself. Uh, sometimes they'll play it a little quieter because you kind of have, have to, to hear the penalties stuff, and you have yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they, they play dur during, before, um, in the 30 second setup, they'll play music too. They'll play it during, um, like official timeouts and stuff like that. And team timeouts keep people entertained. So nice. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a party.